0: Welcome to the Tech of Business Show. I'm your host, Jamie Slutsky. And on this show, we are exposing the technology that runs growing and thriving businesses today. From smart and innovative to nuts and bolts, there is no tech stone unturned. Now it's time to talk tech and let's get into today's episode. Welcome to the Tech of Business podcast. I'm your host Jamie Sletsky, and today I'm chatting with Karen Houston about streamlining your tools to increase the bottom line. Before we get into the episode with Karen, I would like to invite you to jump on a call with me. Just go to callwithjamie.com. We'll talk about what you want from this podcast, how I can best support you. And you'll have a chance to share your favorite and least favorite tools and systems and processes and automations with me. Basically, it's a chance for me to, and you to chat and take this conversation out of just your earbuds and make it a two-way conversation. So all you need to do is go to dot com, And that link is also in the show notes. Today's episode with Karen is a perfect accompaniment to the past few episodes, starting back with episode 49 with Nat Gingrich, then episode 50 with Casey Grummer, and last week's episode with Wendy Breakstone. So with that, let's jump in. Karen, thank you so much for coming on the tech of business podcast today. I am super excited to have this conversation with you. We are kind of picking up right where last week's episode with Wendy ended. um, And we're talking about systems and tools and automation and all sorts of fun stuff that kind of transcends the actual tech that is required to run businesses. So before I go off and just go all in. I want to make sure I bring you onto the mic and you can say hello, introduce yourself, share a little bit about yourself, and then we will talk about systems and tools and automation and all sorts of fun stuff and where it all fits together.
1: Thank you. Hi, everyone. Yes, I'm super excited to get into this conversation. Um, I'm Karen Hewson. I'm a productivity and system strategist. Uh, I help ambitious entrepreneurs to simplify, streamline, automate, and outsource their business activities to get more time freedom um, for the things that matter most. So instead of spending our days like in the depths of our businesses, we want to be having adventures with our families, taking some time for ourselves, and working in our zone of genius. Um, And there's a reason why I have those four things and simplify and streamline come
0: before Automate and Outsource and I know we're going to talk about that. (laughs) Absolutely. Simplify and streamline. It is amazing how easy it is to overcomplicate. It is so easy to overcomplicate or to start down a path and never actually get to launch with that particular tool, particular piece of software. So when you think of simplifying um, and you're starting to work with a client, what is the first thing that you have them simplify or the first thing that you look at to identify if if simplification is needed?
1: Simplification I talk about is don't do something that doesn't need to be done, um, which sounds really obvious, um, but a lot of us, Accumulate things that we're doing as we grow our businesses over time and our goals are shifting um, And maybe our income streams or even our tech tools um, Shift over time and we don't often look back and say what are we really using? Um, Over the I think over the new year There were a couple people that I followed who did like an audit on what tech tools they were using And found out they could save a whole bunch of money because they could downgrade plans. They could just stop, you know, cancel subscriptions. So simplifying is really about doing that double check on what am I doing? What tools am I using? And do I still need them? Are they still aligned with my goals? So what I would um, say to people is be really clear on, um, on what your goals are, what you're trying to achieve, and linking the detail of your business back up to those bigger goals.
0: Yes, absolutely. Totally. It is so crazy that you say that, like this audit thing, because that's actually something that I offer as an introductory option to the tech business audience um, and to to my clients, because I know that simplification, or at least oversight, knowing what tools you have. Sometimes people don't even remember that they are paying an annual plan on something, because It pays out in June and they do their, you know, they don't look at their stuff um, and they don't look at that tool. They're like, every June it comes up and said, oh, I forgot to cancel that. (laughs) And so I can see that being something that's very, very effective with helping to simplify. is just look and see what you've got. But I also really like the fact that you're like, focus on your goals. How can your tools and systems and processes support your goals? How can they keep you in your zone of genius? Um, I've mentioned it on the podcast before, but um, the way that I describe a zone of genius is where your passion and your skill sets collide. And I call it collide because when you are working in your zone of genius, it's an expansive space. You're not in this constricted place like when a Venn diagram, you're in this space that you want to spend more time in and it's continually expanding. And that's where, where a collision makes that visual. So I'm curious, how do you define the zone of genius and how do you help your clients stay in there by simplifying and streamlining their tech? I love that. I love that collision
1: Um, (laughs) and that feeling of expansiveness, I think that is right on. Um, Something I did a couple years ago before I had my second baby was to get really clear on the vision that I had for my business. So if I was only doing the stuff that I loved in my business, what would I be doing? Um, So that is a question I would get people to ask because that Mm. helps, I think, figure out what that zone of genius is. It's not just about what you're good at. We talked about this just before we got on, you know, we can be good at something that we actually don't like doing um, <laughs> or can compliment us for things. It doesn't mean we have to do it. So think of it first that way. What do you love doing and what could you do day in, day out to be really excited and feel that expansive, open, abundance? Feeling in your body. Um, so for me, it was it was things like interviews. It was chatting with people about this stuff. It was um, you know going live on my Facebook page that I do every week to um, help people and talk to people. It was it was all of that, which um, surprised me a little bit because you wouldn't necessarily know it, but I am a bit of an introvert, and it was like ah, oh, it's that you know connection and community, and that really helped me shift um, what I was even doing in my business and how I was thinking about the next steps and growing. Um, so start there for zone of genius would be, yeah, what I would say. And that also gives you a really good place um, to think about a vision rather than really specific goals as well and put that extra bigger picture layer um, onto what you're doing because that can help decide what things you do next
0: as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely. I totally, totally get that. So, when you are helping a client who's got 14 different tools that do 18 different things, and you're looking at this saying, "You only be, need to be doing nine things, and you certainly don't need four tools to be doing those, or 14 tools to be doing that." Wow, How do you broach that conversation? <laughs> I like it. yes yes sensitive topic it can be
1: um I really when I'm working with my clients you know a lot of people when they're stuck in their business doing all the things their brain is so busy it is bouncing around those 14 things it is you know being interrupted by 10 more things um so I really first of all just get people to um talk at me <laughs> I say just I sort of ask them and we often start where you start with your clients, which is, you know, how do people um, sign up with you? How do people become a client? Um, Because, The processes in your business, the things that are going to give you the most um, bang for your buck as far as automating or outsourcing or anything goes, are the processes that make you the money. So how you work with clients or customers or deliver your product is a really great place to start. Um, So I start there and I just get them to talk at me and I kind of interject with questions and I'm, I'm the filter. I become the filter to all of that information, um, so I keep, I'm i sort of putting that together in my head going, okay, this happens next, that happens next, that's a different conversation to have another time, mm-hmm. um, and once we have, and I'll I'll sort of write that up or draw that up for them, once we know what they're doing, then I'm asking the questions, how do you do that? So um, is, is that an email? Are you writing a document? Are you sending them to, um, you know, are you using a tool like Dubsado? Are you sending them a contract? And we start to figure out all of the, you know, the bits that hang off how they do that task. And that's when you start to see all of these tools. And honestly, my clients, once you show it to them in a picture like that, they come to that conclusion themselves. They're looking at this going, oh, now that I can see it all together and I, I have the clarity to see the beginning to the end of the process and everything that goes into it, it's really a map that's laid out for them. And they're like, oh, I don't need to be doing all of this. And so then they're the ones asking, you know, how do I consolidate it?
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. And what I love and what I'm kind of pulling out of that is that this is an exercise that any business owner can do. You can sit down and Go through the process and write it down. But having someone on the other end of a Zoom call, on the other end of the phone, taking all those notes, being the filter who's able to say, that goes to the left, that goes to the right, that goes to the left, that goes to the left, that goes to the the right, is a really good and effective way to pare down what you actually need. And then you can go back and do the work yourself. And I know that, you know, the fourth step of, of your system is outsource. And it's at that point that. You can figure out, okay, I don't want to be the one putting doing this. I don't want to be the one doing this. But it's really hard to outsource your tools and your technology and your systems if you don't clearly understand why you're doing it and how you're actually putting one foot in front of the other in your business on a day-to-day, week-to-week basis. So I love, love, love that. When you're working with those clients, and you, they've kind of said, oh, 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 and I and, and really get it. What's next? And how do you go from all of these different disparate systems to, to really kind of creating something that can support them?
1: Yeah, one of the um, things we always look at is um, using as, yeah, as few tools as possible for as much stuff. Um, like you mentioned before, uh, if you've got 14 tools or you, you've got an annual subscription that renews and you kind of forget you're even subscribed to it, uh-huh. um, you want to get your tools to be doing as much of the work as they can rather than having three tools when you could have one tool. Um, right. And that a lot of the time is, is knowing what new features have come out because if you've um, renewed something like a year ago and you've not really paid attention though you know tools change a lot they add a lot of new features and they could be doing things that you are using other things for um, so that is part of um what I do for people people as well as having that kind of understanding of okay you've got this tool can how much of your business can it support mm-hmm. um, and and we can we, we look at it that way um you run the question by me again my brain's going in 5 different
0: places. <laughs> That's okay. I feel like you actually did answer that question. Okay. Oh, <laughs> yeah. No, um you actually as you were talking there I feel like the question that I really wanted to ask is do you like and do you recommend these bigger tools that can do a lot of different things even if they don't necessarily do them a hundred percent. So like there's some programs out there that can do a lot and it means that you're using fewer tools, but they may need a manual step to integrate between this system and that system because there's no automation available. Or do you prefer, um, and I think I already know the answer, but that's okay. Mm -hmm tools that are best in class, the best possible system that works for the client, that works for the result, and works, you know, all the way through, or do you kind of have a hybrid between, let's take a couple of big tools that can do most of the heavy lifting and then go from there to expand out?
1: Yeah, I think um, it's often a hybrid. I mean, I, one of my big things is that systems have to be personalized and customized to you. So one of the downfalls I see people doing when it comes to um, fantastic tools that do a lot, you need to know how you want to work first before you then set that up because otherwise you're adopting a tool and just taking on board um, sort of a generic process. And those tools are marketed to, you know, entrepreneurs or small business. It might be to your niche, but often even if it's marketed to your niche, you are doing specific things the way you like to work and you're doing things a particular way because your, you know, your customer base and your niche is different. So um, it is always personalized. I, I think you do have to compromise with tools. I don't think there's, you know, there's not one tool out there that will do every single thing in your business exactly how you like to do it. <laughs> uh, that's why you are unique. <laughs> that's that's why you do what you do. But um, so I think there's a compromise there. But you can compromise in a really um, positive, proactive way when you know how you want to work and what that means for your business. So you know, what would it mean if you did start your um, process with clients with a form rather than a call? Mm-hmm. If, you, know, if, you know, if you swapped those round, what sort of impact is that going to have? Do you want to test it out first and see how that goes? Or are you kind of happy to just make the change? Or is there a really good reason why you want to get them on the phone before you send them a questionnaire? Um, right. Little bits like that, um, there's an awareness and an understanding you need to have of your business to know whether that's going to work. Otherwise people get into tools and suddenly you're not getting as many leads as you used to and you're like, what's happening? (laughs) Um, So it is personalized, but I think a couple big or like one or two tools that do most of it and then kind of filling the gaps um, is generally how it works.
0: Yes, I I think that that works well for a lot of members of this audience. Most of the time, it's going to be coaches and membership site owners and course creators who are listening to this podcast. And you know your business so well. You know how you impact each and every one of your students, your members, your clients. You understand that and being able to kind of come back and find the tools that do 80% and then find the tools that do 80% and then reach out to someone like Karen who can help you see you know what that one does 92% <laughs> and then being able to move forward from there i i think that there's a lot a lot of benefit of having you know having your big rocks you know what i mean uh, in in the big tools and being able to trickle in the other elements i know for myself my business is such that i need to stay on the cutting edge of the tef- different tools so that I can help my clients find the best right tool for them when it's time for us to implement something new. And I'm curious in your business, how you feel, I, this is you personally, not necessarily with your clients, but how you feel the balance needs to be with looking at the new and making sure that you stay up to date on the features of the established and how you kind of add new potential tools to what you might be offering to your clients.
1: I, um, people will probably relate to this a lot because, um, I, I need to update my own systems. Like I, I need to be my own client in a lot of ways. Um, Because, uh, you know, you do the work and you help the other people and you're sitting there going, oh gosh, that's getting really out of date and you're seeing what's possible and you're like, oh no. Um, I come back to it from that systems need to support you taking action. Um, Mm -hmm. So I don't try to keep up with everything. Um, and I struggled with this a lot when I started my business because, um, you know, I, I do like playing with the new shiny objects. I really do. Um, and to kind of resist that because I know and acknowledge that that's more of a time suck that is, um, you know, I can really easily justify that if I learn about this tool, there might be someone, one of my clients that would be benefit, benefit from it. So I, I kind of keep a a general awareness of what tools are out there, what are the new things, what's regularly updated. Um, And then when I need something or my clients need something, that's when I sort of give myself the permission to go have a look in more detail about what's going on with that tool. that's, that's how I tackle it. Yeah. For, for me, me personally, because <laughs> yeah, I could, I could waste so much time and have a lot of fun doing it, but it's, it's really not supporting me taking action and reaching those goals. So I've had to be really um, sort of hard on myself, um, but I'm, I'm getting practiced and it's it's, um, yeah, a bit easier to resist these days.
0: I, 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 I admire you. I admire you because that is something that is super, super important. I was working on a podcast episode uh, recently, and I knew that one of the tools that I thought I might want to mention was a tool that I hadn't actually used. So I jumped into the tool and I started playing around with it. And the next thing I knew, I was like, I don't need to be doing this. I don't need to be doing this. And I realized that that's not a tool that I need to bring onto the podcast. And so I actually scrapped that entire episode, deleted my account and and I'm happy. Um, So, I mean, we all get into those situations and I know that there are many people in listening right now who are like, yeah, I heard about this tool or I heard about that tool or someone mentioned this tool on a Facebook post and I'm going to go try it out. And Mm -hmm. I want to refer them back to episode 38 of the Tech of Business podcast, which I have linked up in the show notes. Crowdsourcing your tech tools and why it makes sense not to necessarily just pick one based solely on what other people say, but rather using that, um, kind of how you and I were talking about before we got on this call. So I'm going to pass it over to you so you can kind of talk about how you recommend people using crowdsourcing for tech tools um, as part of their process.
1: Yeah, I think asking other people what they're using is a great way to get a short list. Um, don't ever try to pick the most popular thing that someone else is using. I'm like physically cringing right now. Um, But it's a great way to get a shortlist because you're asking people who have businesses like you, you're asking people, well hopefully you're asking people who have businesses like you, um, who are maybe a similar size business to you, have a similar client base, that sort of thing. Um, And that's why often in a lot of the Facebook groups that I'm in, people ask about, um, say, calendar schedulers, for example. Acuity and Calendly always come up. Those are like two that you see all of the time. And so you'll often, if if you've been really um, you know, disciplined, if you're a techie like us and haven't gone and looked at stuff, you know, you'll be like, oh, okay, cool. Those are the tools I need to be looking at. So use it as a shortlist, then go and check out those tools yourself because the way that you need to use a tool like that um, is, can be completely different to how the person saying, I love this tool, is using it and what they're using it for. So that's a great follow-up question. If you've asked, um, you know, what do you use for social media scheduling? Follow up and ask those people, what do you love about the tool? Or, yes. you know, what was the thing that made you choose this tool over other tools? Those are the questions that are going to give you some more clarity on, um, you know, why they recommend it. Um, And, you know, social media schedulers, there are a lot out there. And um, I've been through that a couple times in the last three years, and I've struggled to choose what's going on and not get sucked in. So that's how I would say definitely ask, definitely get people's input, but really clarify what they love about it and why
0: so that you can understand whether you need that thing. Right, and then tie it back to what you're trying to do. Like Karen already said, if what their reasons for picking that tool are completely in line with your goals, then that gives that a much higher probability of being a tool that's going to work for you. Um, But if they come back with all these reasons that you're like, well, I don't care, that doesn't matter to me, then you know that either you've asked the wrong question, you've asked the wrong people, or it's the wrong tool. And you can move on from there. So I really like the fact that we're able to be smart about our our crowdsourcing. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, and it's it's so funny how when we get into this online business space, that so often it's just like this one big huge umbrella that people see as okay i'm in online business i'm in online business but there are so many verticals inside that online business that you cannot attempt to be able to master them all so even drilling into someone's business there are tools and systems and processes that we can put in place that are directly impacting the leads and clients. And there's others that are directly impacting visibility and promotion. And there are others that are directly impacting bookkeeping and other different aspects of business. And how do you prioritize which part of your business I mean obviously we're going back to how does it benefit the business all of those things are going to benefit the business so how do you prioritize what gets the focus first or what gets the focus more often sure um if if you're looking and you're like all of my business needs
1: organizing (laughs) um uh, there's two places I think to start one is if you were really um Busy with clients, and you could take on more people if only you had some more time. Then, definitely look at how you work with clients in that service delivery part. Um, That's usually what I work with, I work through with my one on one clients. Because it is really involved and it is more unique, and you want to make sure everyone's getting really personalised support, still, but in a way that uh, supports you being able to give that from your best self as well. Um, the other area is follow up and leads. So if you're not super swamped or you're like, okay, I've freed that up now, I um, I have more time. The other part is making sure that uh, you know your follow up and how you're communicating with people. Um, is really organized and um, you're on top of that part because those are both directly related to you making more money. So any time or money you're investing in tools or in streamlining that stuff is going to be just recouped faster um, and you're going to see more of a direct impact from what you're doing, which will then help motivate you to keep doing it in other areas of your business. Because it can be really scary and daunting and overwhelming just in a, tackling that in and of itself.
0: Yes, that makes really good sense. And I know that I've kind of brought it back to outsourcing a couple of times. Are there some parts of the business that you find that you generally recommend to your clients outsource faster than other parts?
1: So with outsourcing, um, one of the only reasons I put it um, after automation is because generally you can automate cheaper than you can pay someone to do it. Yes. Um, but again, that I always like to say that because people need to validate that for themselves. Um, you know, can they outsource this cheaper than they can automate it? Maybe. Um, once you've got your uh, sort of process and understand that sometimes it can be really clear, what you don't need to do. So again, having a look at those two areas I just mentioned, the service delivery and then your sort of lead generation and follow up. Um, what can what can someone else do if you were only doing the parts you had to? If you were just showing up for calls, if you were just doing, um you know, discovery calls and things, what is all of the rest of that? So I I still see um, a virtual assistant or an assistant doing those sort of admin support. Um, The document stuff, um, the easy communication with clients where it's logistics, that area is something that I see um, often that relates directly back to those processes to help. Um, The other area is with your content creation. And um, personally, I love it when someone else does this for me. So I'm the one who just writes the post or does the live stream and then you hand it off. And someone else can do everything else to format it and set it up and schedule it out and publish it. Um, If you need your time freed up and you know that you have a regular schedule of content that is getting you the attention, um,
0: then that can be invaluable. Totally, totally. Outsourcing and automation are two really creative ways of leveraging your time um, for sure. One of the things that I find is some things can be automated and some things can be outsourced, but there are some times that there's things that could be done either way. And what I find is, like, I mean, you know, creating social media graphics, for example, that is not automatable. Mm -hmm. There, you can create systems around creating your social media graphics. So you have your templates, you have your tools, you have all of that stuff, but actually creating the graphics, putting the creative together is something that cannot be done through a system, through uh, automation. It has to be done by a person wherever along the way. So that's something that can only be done by you or outsourced. Whereas, whereas, you know, like, setting up um, calendar reminders that you can you can systematize uh, in such a way that your automation can take care of all of that. And maybe you do have, um, you know, your assistant go in and send a personalized email to everyone who's going to have a call with you that week saying, I just wanted to make sure that you have this on your calendar, whatever else you'll be getting automated responses. But if you have any specific questions for Karen or for Jamie or for whoever you are listening right now, that uh, please reply back to me here. That's one touch that goes one step beyond the automation that is super simple to outsource and yet, and it it creates a much bigger bond between you and that person that you're going to be speaking with by just taking that extra step and getting out of the automation a little bit. So I I don't know. I don't even know where I'm going with this, but I just really felt like there's so much that the tools can do for us. And sometimes the best thing that the tool can do for us is tell us that it can't do everything. I think that's a really, really good point. Um, because they can't do everything,
1: and um, you don't want them to do everything with, you don't want to automate your business so much that it's robotic, and I feel like people are afraid of that a lot, they're afraid of automating too much, um, because it's not going to feel personal, and there's, there's ways to get around that, and that again comes back to really understanding how you want to talk to your customers and clients, what do you want to say, because so much in these automation tools can, a lot of the wording, a lot of the labels on buttons, a lot of that stuff can be changed, and that's how you can really personalize it to you and your brand, Um, but you can add fantastic touches like that, where you can have an assistant or you yourself can still reach out personally to people. Um, And it's not an either or. It can be automate to free you up so you can really show up for people.
0: Right. Yes. I think that that is such a great way for us to kind of wrap up this episode, Karen. I feel like every single person who's listening right now knows that they can streamline and simplify and they can also Feel good about what they're outsourcing versus what they're automating, and that they don't have to outsource everything and they don't have to automate everything. And I feel like we've just really wrapped this. I feel like I've almost done a little bit of a series here with these past few episodes. So I really, really appreciate, um, helping, having you help me dig into this just that much more, Karen. So what I'd like for you to do now is to share where people can connect with you and any, uh, any social links, any website links, whatever you want to share. And then I'm going to come back and ask you one last question. Oh, thank you. Yes, this has been, I've loved this conversation.
1: Um, <laughs> you can find me at karenhewson.com and I'm on Instagram at karenhewson. Um, I'm sure the spelling and everything will be linked for you. Um, yeah, those are probably
0: the best places to find me. Cool. So, website and Instagram. Awesome. So, as the listeners all know, I like to end every episode with a little bit of a like curveball type question. And so I'm going to throw uh, a couple of things at you right now, Karen. And that is, if there is a magic tool that could do something that you've never seen do before that helps with the bottom line, um, what would it be and why would you recommend it to a client?
1: Oh gosh, we might be talking like a really, really magical tool here. Totally. There are are things that we know we need to do for our businesses and we don't do them. Um, So if there was some really magical tool, even if maybe we have written this thing down, you've probably had it pop to your head just as I'm saying this the thing that you know you should be doing that you haven't done because it's big and scary and you're kind of ignoring it, um, if there was a tool to A, remind us of that, or B, make it easier to do that, that would be amazing. Um, I'd even give a couple examples for me. Um, I mentioned right at the beginning, um, I, with, with my business, I didn't do like one-on-one just coffee chats with people for the longest time. As soon as I did, I figured out the right path and the way that I could serve and help people. Um, that, was, that was one thing. Um, there's another one that, that i that's not coming to mind now, but, um, oh, podcast interviews. That was the second one. For the longest time, I've been wanting to pitch to come on podcasts and talk to people like you guys and have fun doing it because this has been fantastic. And I just I just didn't do it for so long and it never got to the top of the priority list. So I'm calling everybody out because <laughs> I've <laughs> called myself out on this. I think if there was a tool to help us do the stuff we know we should be doing that will
0: get us the results and help us help more people, that's what I would want. I love that. And yes, yes, yes. Pitch yourself on more podcasts. This has been such a fun, fun conversation with you, Karen. Thank you so much for coming and hanging out with me on the Tech of Business podcast today. Thank you. I've had a blast. Yay. So fun. Before I leave your earbuds today, I have a challenge for you. Take a look at the tools that you're using to bring a new client into the fold of your business and see if you can simplify or streamline any step of that process. Then do it. There is no time like the present to elevate your next client's experience with you and For accountability, hop into the Tech of Business community on Facebook. Just go to techofbusiness.com forward slash community and let us know you're taking on the episode 52 challenge. And I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Tech of Business podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, share, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Overcast, or wherever you download your favorite shows. You can also check out the show notes and learn more about me at techofbusiness.com. I'll see you next week.